to the Jesus Famous podcast. Uh, this podcast exists to see Jesus honored, glorified, loved, esteemed, appreciated, adored, revered, and followed. Jesus Famous in your everyday life. I'm Nate Holdridge, hosting today. I pastor Calvary Monterey on the California Central Coast. I like to preach about Jesus Famous on Sundays and write and podcast about Jesus Famous during the week at nateholdridge.com. And we got a fun show in store today. Uh, this one is primarily for pastors and church leaders to help them prepare for Easter week. Good Friday, Easter Sunday, uh, all the chaos and preparations that it entails. And I'm going to be joined today by three friends of mine who are great pastors who are going to share just some tips uh, that they've picked up along the way that have helped them navigate what is a beautiful time of the church calendar, but also, if we're honest, can be a stressful, pressure-filled kind of time as well. Um, so today I'm joined by Tommy Coda, who is the pastor of Hope Alive Church in Santa Ana, California. Tommy's been a friend of mine for a number of years now, and I only hope that we become closer and closer as the years tick by. He's a great man, good brother. I'm also joined by Pilgrim Benham. Uh, Pilgrim, in his own admission, uh, tells you that his parents were hippies who really loved the name Pilgrim. It's his real name, everybody, and uh, it's a great preacher's name, and he pastors King's Cross Church in Bradenton, Florida. And then I'm joined by my Australian friend, Ben Sobels, who is not in Australia, but pastors a church right down the street from me in the Monterey Salinas corridor called Cypress Community Church. They're celebrating or just celebrated their 50-year church anniversary this last year, but Ben has not been around for all 50 of those years. So welcome to the show, guys, and thanks for being here with me. Tommy, say hello to everyone. Hey, Nate, uh, and everyone else on the Jesus Famous podcast, man, what a blessing. And, and uh, man, I think this is, again, Nate, this is a, such a great idea for this, uh, for this podcast here in preparation for the greatest celebration, the resurrection of, of our Lord and Savior. So, man, thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to this. Amen, of course. And you look good, as always, bro. And then uh, Pilgrim, say hello to everyone. Hey, thanks so much for having me excited to uh to dialogue and yeah i echo what tommy said talking about the most important date on our calendars so i'm, I'm super excited i hope this is a blessing and encouragement to other pastors for sure i've, I've got no doubt that it will be and uh, ben say hello hi everybody it's great to be with you quite honestly i wasn't sure if i'd be invited back to do anything with nate after i made him try vegemite last time we did a podcast together so i'm just happy to be here with you guys i'll be taking notes the whole time well there's a reason why we're doing this over uh zoom ben i didn't want to be in person with you ever again after you put me on the spot to eat vegemite that was one of the worst experiences of my life <laughs> Well, I want to start this out today um, by actually uh, stating uh, a word of counsel that actually came through my wife, Christina, in preparation for this uh, podcast. We were joking around and she said, hey, do you want me to be on the episode with you uh, where you're giving the Easter tips? And I said, well, well, what would you say? And she said, well, I'm just kidding. I don't want to be on the episode, but... If I were talking to uh, the wives of pastors that I would that were out there, I would say to them, "Hey, on that week, just give them space. You know, it's a stressful time. They're going to be kind of stressed out potentially. They might be, you know, really like stewing over their message. Just give them space. Don't bug them. Uh, really, just kind of." Give them, give them the bandwidth that they need. And I thought that was a great little exhortation. I want to be sure to, sure to throw that in there on the front end because some of our brothers out there uh, might be hearing this and it might be good for them to go to their wives and say, hey, you know, just the Easter season is coming. I, I'm going to need some help and uh, give me some space. But 
that aside, I'm really looking forward to hearing the, uh, the things that you guys have prepared. So just for all of you listening, the way we're going to organize this today is I'm just going to go around the room three times. So each of these pastors have brought three uh, words of counsel that they will share and expound on a little bit. And that's how we're going to do it. So Tommy, I'm going to start with you down at Hope Alive Church in Santa Ana. What's your first uh, tip that you would give to pastors and church leaders concerning the Easter season? I think the first tip that I would give is something that I I, uh, just remind myself of uh, as we approach this uh, Easter celebration, uh, the resurrection. um, And and it's this, is, is that the resurrection of our Lord is the single greatest event in the history of the world. And, um, and, and I, I want to keep our focus and our whole team. And so it's just been a, a constant, you know, time of prayer and encouragement that this is what it's all about. And uh, let's celebrate. So let's approach this with a, with a glad heart and, and do our best not to stress out. Um, because as, you know, as it's funny, because it doesn't, it seems like as far as we begin to plan, uh, however far out, those days keep coming. You know, those weeks keep passing. And the next thing you know, it's like, dude, we're like four weeks out. You know, we're five weeks out and we still have these other things to get done. And, you know, from our kids ministry and all this other stuff. And so it's just that constant reminder that this is the greatest celebration. The the greatest event that happened in the history of the world is our our savior being risen, risen from the grave. And let's just be mindful of approaching it with a glad heart and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and all that. So that would be my, my number one encouragement there is, is that, you know, and I um, just keeping that, that perspective and that focus that is, is the best thing that we can celebrate. Bro, that is such a great one to lead off with. Cause it's, it sounds to me, I mean, your, your church is named hope alive. So, I'm assuming that what you're trying to do is set that celebratory tone for this weekend, this day, and uh, you really want that to come through in the way that you guys are planning and preparing, but it sounds like you're also trying to pastor your team through the season and, and let them celebrate the resurrection themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that, cause you know, I think when, when we do that, cause our, our approach at Hope Alive Church, you know, for, for Easter events has always been um, like, we're going to treat this as an outreach. Um, and the good thing is that we really don't um, we don't have to go anywhere this year um, for the previous years, we've been a, a set up in a teardown church. And so our planning and everything has always been adjusted to, okay, we only have like three hours to set up. You know, we can't set up during the week or even the night before because we only have that space for that Sunday morning. And so um, this year is a little bit different, you know, um, but I, I think, you know, one of the things um, that if I, you know, what we, what we did, I have done as far as for set up and tear down churches, because uh, I'm assuming there might be a lot of pastors that might be listening that that are in that place right now is that um, the team effort really engaging, you know, our children's ministry and our youth and men's group. And, you know, just it gives an opportunity for the whole church really to come together um, and, and to treat this as a, like an outreach kind of a, a thing for, for those that will come to church, maybe only on Christmas and Easter only, right? The CEO Christians, you know, so uh, those are some of the things that we, we try to keep uh, mindful of. That's great, Tommy. All right, number one. So the resurrection of our Lord is the single greatest event in the history of the world. Let's keep that in mind. That's good. All right, Pilgrim, give me uh, your number one. Yeah, so I would say um, skip novelty and focus on preaching the gospel. Mm. So we can get really tempted because it's a special time. It's Easter or it's Christmas um, to want to just go so much out of the box uh, that we make a big impression. So, hey, it's Easter. We're going to launch 20 million Easter eggs from space and they're going to, you know, they're going to blanket the entire city. The people are going to be five feet under and they're going to, you know, we're going to hide a, a, you know, a a new Ford Bronco, you know, the keys in in one of the Easter eggs. We can, we can, um, that's, that's actually what one church did. No, I'm just joking. Um, But Honestly, um, 
we have to realize that as Tommy was saying, th there are people who are never at church except on those two days of the year. So Easter is that occasion to declare the gospel in simple terms, in, in clear terms. And I think sometimes because we're so inundated with the familiarity of the story mm. that we can be tempted subtly to like, let's spice it up. Let's add to it. Let's do some, some out of the box, creative way to express it. And, and it becomes overcomplicated when we just need to be messengers. Um, there's a story of G Campbell Morgan, who was wrestling with wanting to be a great preacher. And the Lord basically uh, impressed on his heart. Like, are you wanting to be a great preacher or do you simply want to be a messenger? Mm. And he had all of these outlines next to the fire that he had been working on and just, you know, in repentance, basically put all of those outlines, these great sermon outlines that would have been, would have been great. Um, just, he put them into the fire and basically repented and said, Lord, if you give me words to speak, I'll be faithful to declare, mm. um, your whole counsel. So I think that's what we're called to do. We're called to be messengers. We're called to herald the good news that has changed our lives. That, that is the reason why we're here. And so I would just say, you know, guard or skip the novelty altogether and just keep it. Safe. I love that. It reminds me of that phrase, what you win them with is what you keep them with, you know? So if you're regularly preaching the gospel as you're teaching the word from week to week, and then on Easter Sunday, you go all out doing this extra special event type thing that is just not you. It's just going to be, uh, it, it'll stand out as so different the next week when they come back and they just hear the regular basic style that you have. Has there ever been a time, Pilgrim, where you felt like you leaned into novelty and kind of later thought like, oh, dude, I, I regret I regret that we went that way, or have you kind of always been able to keep that focus with your church on, no, we're a gospel preaching church. We're not going to get into the gimmicks. Yeah. Most of the time, uh, we, we've kept it straight, but, um, there, there have been times that we, um, we really tried to make Easter itself. Um, like this is, this is how we're going to be growing our church is through the Easter outreach. Um, and so, you know, Hey, we're going to double our church side. We're going to, we're going to grow by a hundred new believers who are all going to come to this outreach on, on Easter. And, um, then they'll come to church next week and then we'll start discipling them. We have a new believers class and then we'll, we'll baptize them and we'll have new members. And the reality is they're called CEOs for a reason or, or, uh, priesters for a reason. My thought is let's be faithful to proclaim the gospel. Let's be faithful to be hospitable and to welcome them and give them a glimpse in on what the church does. Like, this is who we are. We're gathering together in a joyful assembly of those who've been called out of darkness because we're placing our faith in the resurrected Lord. Mm -hmm. And so um, if we're faithful to do that and the people get to join in and get a glimpse of that, then that's the win for me, not how many people, you know, are sitting in the seats and how many people are going to be back next week. So for me, it's, uh, it's always guarding my heart from wanting to you know, aim too high. Aim yeah. small, miss small is what we always say. There you go. Amen. Well, you had me at G. Campbell Morgan, so I love that point. Skip, novelty, and focus on preaching the gospel. All right, Ben, what's your first offering? It's pretty hard going last because everybody else is just throwing out these nuggets, and I feel so inadequate at this point. So I, I need to make a caveat here. So everything, anything I share today is colored by my personality flaws and my personal mistakes. So this is, this is what I've learned to make uh, for myself as a pastor Easter, a, a joyful, beautiful experience. So the first thing um, for my personality flaw is I, I need to practice productive paranoia. And what I mean by that is I need, we need to plan as a full staff team, uh, in pretty fine detail, everything about a month in advance. I need to get all that down in my head. I need to have everybody on the same team, on the same page on our team, have everybody um, understand what their unique roles are and responsibilities are on for Easter week. Um, so we do a lot of planning about four to six weeks in advance, just so everybody's thinking about it, just so everybody, because I want to set everybody on our staff team up for success. And so having, having a plan uh, avoids last minute 
you know, scurrying around. And if we have to do some scurrying around, we can do it because we know that the basic plan is already set in place. And so um, I, I loved what Pilgrim said about, you know, keeping away from novelty. I think part of our planning process is we really want to make sure that we've got all that stuff planned out so that we're not doing any last minute, like let's do the, the 5,811 eggs from the, from the satellite, the Starlink satellite and find the Bronco, you know? Um, but for me, for me, it's really important for me to, to know that we've got our team is locked in. The plan is in place. Plan A is in place. And it's like the Proverbs 16.9 principle where, you know, we're making all our plans. God's going to determine the steps. And sometimes Satan gets all mixed up in that at the last minute and causes some confusion. But it, I found with our team, if, if we can get locked in, we can be aware of what's happening. If, it's, if the Lord wants us to shift, we can shift. We've got the flexibility now that we've got the plan. But also if Satan gets involved, it's easier to identify if we've already got plan A. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, practice productive paranoia has been a real blessing to us. That's good. I, I want to follow up and ask you, um, that kind of month out view. Cause you're, you're, I think you're answering the question from really like the, there's the pastor as the messenger, but then there's the pastor as the leader. And this is a real leader oriented answer that you're giving. Like you're setting a tone, you're, you're leading your team, um, and you're wanting to do it far out in advance, do you apply the same kind of strategy to what you're doing in the pulpit on Easter Sunday? Are you trying to a month out kind of know at least like the guts of that message? How far in advance are you with the Easter sermon? I'm not sure about you guys, but I'm always thinking about Easter and Christmas because it's always a daunting thing to, you know, preach the same message in a new different way that's actually energizing to me. Like, I'm not worried about preaching the same message, but like, I do want to have fresh unction or boldness or fervor. And so I, I guess I'm always thinking about that. But um, yeah, my Easter message, I've got usually got sort of a general outline, but I really try to get locked in within two weeks. I'm, I'm really thinking about it. But quite honestly, my sermon isn't done until I'm getting up to preach it. You know, I, 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 yeah. I, I want to leave. I'm not one of those guys who can get it locked in six months in advance and then and then does it. I, I, th my brain doesn't work like that. I don't really want to be friends with any guys like that. So if you guys are that, then we could just kind of end things right now. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I've, I've had so, a handful of Easter Sundays where during the worship, I've just thrown my message out the window and have gone up with something totally different. Um, I tend to have grown out of that a little bit and I'm able to prepare more in advance, but I love, so I love that. So Ben's is practice, productive, paranoia. That's great. That's so good. Um, I'll, th I'll throw one out there uh, before Tommy gets his number two, because I think it relates to what Ben is saying. And I would say, to, I would encourage pastors to fight for margin. Um, you know, uh, that, that week, especially before Easter, and obviously you start working well in advance of that week ahead of time but that week before you just you really need to work hard to preserve time in your calendar that you might not normally need so i for instance you know when i'm uh, setting a meeting with somebody i'll send them a little link that has various time slots that i'm available well easter week i just block the whole thing out so there aren't any appointments that are extra that are going to happen that week any ongoing weekly meetings that I'm part of, I cancel them all on Easter week. I, I, I know I'm going to need that space. And sometimes I just need the space to, um, you know, go spend time hiking and praying and just like doing a little bit extra of that soul care that's required because of the inevitable pressure that I'm putting on myself for that week that's unique to or unique from uh, a normal Sunday. So fight for that margin is what I would say. Okay, Tommy, let's hear your uh, number two. Uh, my, my number two would be um, one of the things that I think kind of goes in line with what kind of what Ben was talking about. And, um, and also uh, Pilgrim is, is the, the um, keeping it simple and, 
uh, having a, how I do that, how we do that, what helps for me is to kind of have like a theme or a title of the direction that we're going to be going in um, and, uh, and sharing that, you know, kind of sharing that uh, with our, with our team, you know, like for instance, this, this year, our, um, our, our, our title or, or the thing that we want to uh, kind of head towards is the redeemer, our, you know, the redeemer lives. And so, mm-hmm. Kind of, we've just been talking about that and praying as a team, as a as a um, you know leadership team coming together and just having discussions about redemption and and just asking questions, you know, in our little meetings that we have uh, once a week, you know, just to talk about this and encourage us. And so, those are some of the things that we uh, I, I try to do because it helps me. Again, it just gives us like a direction of where we want to go. And it's not just me that knows that or understands that I'm actually sharing that with our children's ministry. And, and then they are also on board and, and kind of prepping stuff for, you know, the, the, my, my redeemer lives or the redeemer lives um, for on Easter Sunday for the kids ministry and our youth. And so it'll be the same voice, you know, um, mm. that's going to be happening on that same day. So, that's something, you know, that um, it helps us, you know, kind of gives us that, that sense of direction of where we want to go. And, and, um, and then, you know, just opening up the gospel, you know, opening up the, the message, uh, the message of Jesus, you know, and that he is our redeemer and he's alive, you know. And so those are one of the things that really helps us, you know, to kind of uh, keep us on track. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'd lo- and I'd love to ask because as you're sharing that, I, f- I feel a little bit convicted because I used to do that more uh, when Easter was rolling around. And I think in recent years, I've just kind of fallen into trusting, uh, you know, the people do, that do graphics, they'll come up with something great. The kids team, they'll come up with something great. The worship team, they'll come up with something great. And I, my part is like, I got, I'm going to have a message, you know, so I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to think about that. Maybe I'll share it with somebody at some point before I get up there, but it's not, it doesn't have to happen, you know, but I used to, like you said, you know, kind of set a theme or a tone. Let me ask you though, have there ever been, has there ever been an Easter where you've set that theme and you've kind of thought like, yeah, that my message is going to be about that. It's going to go in that direction. And then as you've kind of gotten into it, you've realized, oh, I want to go in a totally different direction as far as the message is concerned. I mean, it's all, it's Resurrection Sunday. So hopefully you're not like, you know, just deciding that you're going to share about, you know, marriage principles from Ephesians 5 or something. But have has that ever happened to you where you're kind of regretting that you set a theme because now the Lord's taking you elsewhere in your preparation? Yeah, you know, and that's that's a really great question. And it happened it happened to be in in 2020, um, you know, because we we had this thing, right. but you know, it was right after you know March, and then you know Easter was just a few weeks after this whole pandemic and shutdowns and. You know, like I said, at that time, we didn't have a, a church building or anything like that. So where we can at least meet or, you know, we just didn't have any of that. And we were trying to figure out our technology. And so um, that would be the one year where I felt like, you know, um, what was being shared was a little bit different than what we kind of had planned. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful that, you know, our, our team and everyone, well, you know, honestly, I didn't really see anybody that day at <laughs> Uh, right. so I didn't have any pushback or anything like that. Cause I did just, well, we're just going to change things up. And, and, you know, I didn't hear anything about it, but it, that was one of those moments where, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we kind of just veered off of, you know, kind of the, 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 t- the theme or the title that we wanted to kind of go with that, at least that way we were, what we were thinking, but, you know, at the same time, it was, it was, we stuck to the gospel kind of like, you know, what Pilgrim was sharing. we, is we that's the moment we get to share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and whoever was watching on that day we just trusted that uh, the word went out and you know as a matter of fact I'm just thinking right now I remember I had I had a phone call from a, a cousin that day that I hadn't really heard from in, in a very long time it was actually it, it was his daughter that reached out and um, she happened to be watching I didn't you know I didn't even know that she 
knew that I was a pastor of a church, but she was watching and um, her and her boyfriend on that day responded online that, you know, they received the Lord and, and all that stuff. And so, you know, good things still come out of that, right? Even in the flexibility, but I, I think that's a good reminder um, of just being flexible. I think Ben, you were talking about that, just the flexibility kind of thing, you know, but. That's great, Tommy. Good leadership. So yours was number your second was have a theme for that year and share it with your team. That's great leadership. All right, Pilgrim, let's hear your, uh, your second. All right. So this is going to sound like I'm completely contradicting my first point. <laughs> oh, um, I love it. But this is actually do plan something extra special. So in one sense, we're not, we want to lean away from novelty just for novelty's sake. But we do also, on the flip side, want to highlight, as Tommy said, this is the most important central uh, doctrine, central date, uh, and worship celebration on our calendars and in our lives. So um, we, we always try to do something a little bit special. It doesn't have to be huge, but uh, we always pray about and look at doing an off-site, some sort of uh, location. That, that sort of is serving us now. Uh, because we we would love to have one gathering. We normally have two. And uh, I just would love to have the whole church come together. So that's a little bit special, a little bit different. Um, the last few years, because of our location, we actually have a tent. So we meet out in the parking lot. This year, um, Florida's getting hotter. So we're, uh, we're meeting a little bit earlier this year, uh, like 9.30, and we're doing an 8.30 breakfast. Our men's ministry is going to do a huge breakfast for whoever wants to come. And uh, we'll see how it works out. We, we always have some sort of photo booth that families can take advantage of uh, and, and kind of record that date. And um, of course, we always do special songs that highlight the, the cross and the, the empty tomb. And uh, one thing we like to do also is, is have testimonies. So we talk about proclaiming the gospel on Easter. I have not found a more successful or, or fruitful thing than to actually, of course, vet the testimonies. You know, this is not, you're finding out some things you've never heard before, but um, work with some people that you know have a pretty powerful uh, gospel-centered testimony and really just uh, coach them through how to share that publicly and then and go for it. And so um, we, we also include a Good Friday. I know, Nate, you've blogged on that um, recently. So good. It's great insight. But um, I think that's a special thing, you know, that we don't normally do. And so, um, yeah, that would, that's my advice is do, do something out of the box a little bit. I love that because for so many people, I think sometimes we fixate or think a lot about the, the people who only come at Christmas and Easter, but kind of one way that I've thought about it is as church attendance has declined for the average consistent churchgoer, what's happening on Easter Sunday more and more, especially in an area like ours where there's, it's it's a very liberal area. So there's not a lot of people that are just thinking to themselves, well, here we go. Easter Sunday, I got to go to church this week. You know, to them, they're like, that's a joke. I'm not going any Sunday. Um, so what, what I have seen is you're getting as close to 100% in attendance and engagement from the congregation as you'll ever get on Easter Sunday. And for a lot of them, they... It is a special day for them. So when you do things like photo booths or a different location or testimonies or decorations, it just helps that special nature of the day really sink in. I, I've found a lot of Christians are kind of re-upping with the Lord on that day. It's kind of like New Year's Day for a lot of people, for Christians, you know, like, okay, this year, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to walk with the Lord. And I try to really set that vision like, hey, next year at this time, let us be able to say that this last year was a year that was dedicated to the Lord in, in each of our lives. Um, I'm curious, uh, Pilgrim, just thinking about the way that you've uh, done things there and kind of making it special. What has there been something that you're like, this has just been like a hit. This is my every year thing where we're going to make sure that we do. Yeah, it's actually connected to Easter, but um, I mentioned it, the, the Good Friday service. Mm. We had not done that for, uh, for the whole history of our church. We've been around for eight years now. Um, and then the church I 
uh, planted in Tampa. We, we didn't do it there either four years prior to that. So we basically about, I want to say three years ago, uh, someone brought it up and said, hey, what do you guys think about having um, not like the lights are low, everyone wears black and we're doing, you know, the Gothic service. But um, what do you think about we, we have an evening service on Friday night and then we take communion and we just recount the story. Like, and so it's, it's actually a very dialed down, simple service. Uh, I get up after our, our worship leader guides us through some responsive reading and some, um, and some songs. And basically, yeah, just literally open to the gospel narratives, uh, usually pick one to stay in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, one year I did basically the, uh, the entire crucifixion story from all of the gospels, but yeah, basically just walking people through the story. And then we, we, uh, just enjoy taking communion together. And, and then there's sort of like a pause, like, okay, now we're going to, we're going to wait to celebrate the resurrection until, until Sunday morning. So it, it really puts it in a cool perspective when, when you practice that. So, yeah, it creates an anticipation for that resurrection Sunday. That's special. Oh, I love that you guys are doing that. All right, Ben, you're uh, number two. Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, it's very similar to what you, you said, Nate. Um, the number two is get good rest, get good rest. And, and so, you know, we're planning a month out, but we get good rest like for two weeks in advance. And so I'm not just talking about me personally, like eating good, exercising well, not, you know, creating the margin myself personally, but Joni and me have done that for our family. Uh, we don't like overschedule our family stuff for two weeks in advance. Um, and actually we do it as a church. Like we don't, like we start shutting things down two weeks in advance. So all the women's Bible studies, all the, you know, all, all the, all the stuff that keeps everyone really busy, we kind of shut it down and we've kind of found that it's been a little bit of a gift for people. It gives, it, it actually helps them create the margin in their own lives, not only just for me personally or our family and our staff, but also in the congregation where they've got a little bit of extra time mm. to be rested and ready and recharged for Easter. Cause it is such a huge Sunday. Uh, it's such a shame when we come in haggard and, and, you know, tired and worn out uh, to such an awesome weekend. And so, um, yeah, we, we kind of shut everything down for a couple of weeks, you know, uh, before, before Easter Sunday, just to give our, our whole staff some margin so that they're rested, recharged and ready for the weekend. That's great, Ben. Uh, and you're speaking my language when you're talking about rest and Sabbath and rhythms and boundaries, all that. Do you, um, how about the calendar? And, and I can, it's almost like, people have a hard time shutting some of those ministry things down. Cause it's like, well, why are you canceling the women's Bible study? Because Easter's coming. It's like, it almost feels counterintuitive. Like, shouldn't we be doing more things because it's Jesus's big day, you know, like, but that's just so, so wise, you know, to kind of scale back a little bit. Do you do something similar on the back end? Is it like a slow ramp up back into regularly scheduled programming or is it just kind of right away we we're, we feel fresh, we're good from Easter, and we jump back into things? Yeah, the, well, the way we've we've done it is we've kind of done it both ways. We've kind of taken a week or two after Easter, and we find we fa- we've found that um, that's too much. You, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've taken the week off the following up week after Easter, and it's like no, no. Well, people want to come back and they want to hear from the preacher that came on on Easter, and so we right. just start reengaging like straight away, like Easter Sunday is the restart for everything. We've kind of taken a couple of weeks off and that, that helps the two weeks be very intentional. Like people, like we don't have any problem with the women's Bible study because they're actually looking forward to now those two weeks. And so when they're scheduling it out at the beginning of the year, they just know now, you know, it's got to be done a couple of weeks in advance because they, they're actually looking forward to that themselves. But, you know, on Easter Sunday, we want to be creating announcements of stuff that's restarting the very next week so that people see, Oh, that there's stuff going on here. There's life here. There's, there's a engagement here. And there's some next steps that I can take as if I'm a visitor or a new person or a new believer, there's some next steps that I can clearly take here. Hmm. And how, um, how official are you about the break? Is it a, a real, you know, Hey, from leadership, 
we're communicating to all the ministry heads and leaders and directors, we want to shut it down for two weeks. And so you're forbidden, or is it just more of a suggestion and you're kind of hoping they get the vision for it? How do you handle that? Yeah, we've had, we've had somebody who's so sweet, who does all of our um, programming, like, and, and, and planning with the calendar that if she said, Oh, you know what, these two weeks aren't available so we'll need to push that, you know, and so she's so sweet that everyone just goes, oh, this sounds like such a great idea. So there's no authoritarian, like we're shutting it down and everything's canceled and blah, blah. It's, it's not like that. It's, it's more, um, people have, she's done a great job of communicating it in a way that it sounds like a gift not to have to meet, uh, those two weeks. And so that, that's been, um, that's been fun to see, you know, it's become just a value here, uh, at Cyprus over the, you know, we've been here for 10, 12 years now. So, um, in the last five years, it's just become a part of our culture. I love that. That's a great thing to instill in a church's regular rhythm. So Ben has said, get good rest, but not just for yourself personally, let it be something that's kind of in the fabric or the culture of the church in those weeks leading up to Easter. That's a, that's a great one. Um, Tommy, before I get back to you with your third and final, I think I'll, I'll just kind of jump in and, and add uh, to, I think, what Pilgrim said in his first point about skipping novelty and focus on preaching the gospel. I would just encourage my brothers out there who are um, going to be the ones that are responsible for handling the word on Easter Sunday and sharing with everyone. I, I would really reiterate that point of keeping it simple. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is so tempting to feel that you've got to, uh, muscle up and, and conjure up some kind of, uh, something they've never heard before, but that's not what people are there for that day. They're here to hear what they came to hear that Jesus won. So boldly, simply, and joyously share what they are expecting you to share that Jesus conquered sin and death and the grave. And uh, don't worry about keeping it simple. Don't worry. Just be yourself. Keep it simple and trust the spirit to get the job done. All right, Tommy, let's hear your, uh, your number three. Yeah. Well, you, that was such, such a, such a good word and reminder, um, just keeping it simple. And I got to say, Ben, that's, thank you for that encouragement of just, uh, you know, kind of taking a break, um, with those ministries, man, I'm going to, I'm going to take that one for sure. Um, my number three, uh, would be this in, um, have fun. I think it's just have fun, you know, and, um, and, and have fun in the sense of, you know, obviously just the, the preparation, the gospel message is going to go out, um, and engaging that kind of fun with, you know, all the other ministries that are going to be involved on that day. You know, um, one of the things that we've done at our church is, you know, our, our children's ministry team, and they just do a great job of yeah. really speaking into the lives of the kids um, in preparation that's leading up to to that Sunday. And the kids, I, you know, I see them, they're, they're, they get excited, like next week is Easter, you know, and, and they're, all the different things that they got going on. When you have a, a student, I think she's like in the sixth grade and her and her, her, her family helped her kind of get like a little photo booth. And I think Pilgrim, you mentioned like a little photo booth. And so we're going to be doing that this year in our children's ministry. Like the children are going to be kind of manning that. And they are already like so excited, you know, and they're, they, they're looking forward to this. And um, I just see how that translates into the lives of the parents, you know, and the parents are just getting excited. They look, they're looking forward to having fun on that day. And, you know, so just from, that's just one little example, but all the other things that, that we do, you know, to kind of, you know, um, just be a blessing on that day. And again, it's just, we, we really kind of keeping it a point of let's just have fun on this day. And, and, you know, um, probably about, I don't know, maybe a year ago, my wife was, um, we had a leadership meeting and my wife, she had spoke up and, uh, and Diana, she's, she just told us all, she was, you know, we have to have fun at church. You know, we need to have more fun. You know, church is supposed to be fun, you know, and not that it wasn't. It was just like we were kind of just in this mode of getting out of COVID. And, you know, we had just got a new building and there was a lot of stress and, and we needed to hear that word. 
mm. and um, of just have fun. And, and so that would be the one thing that I would share with everybody and with all the, this, anyone who's listening, man, is this is a, a fun day. Let's, let's really have fun. Yeah, man. When, when you were sharing that, the, the phrase that came into my mind was this is the anti-funeral. You know, it's, it's the opposite of every vibe and feeling and uh, thing that you would project with your clothing and all of that at a funeral. This is the exact opposite of that. In fact, I remember a few years ago planning our Easter Sunday with our worship pastor, Riley, and we were we went on a walk after we drank some coffee at a local coffee shop. And as we were just walking around, we ended up walking through the cemetery in Monterey, uh, just because it was an open green space that we could pass through. And as we were going through there, I realized, yeah, this is the exact opposite of what, you know, Jesus reversed this in the resurrection. And so how would we act if that were true? And, uh, you know, maybe a way for, for uh, pastors out there who are thinking about how to, you know, curate that or, or lead in that direction would be to ask, you know, what would, a, what would a fan, a fanatic of a sports team do if their team went, ran, won the championship? You know, like how do you behave in that moment? That's just great to bring that into the church setting. And so asking yourself, what are the things that you would do? And, and how can we visibly make it show? I, I'm, I'm going to keep that in mind. Because, you know, like for me, I, I just like, I'm kind of like a little bit colorblind. And I, I, don't, I don't really dress with lots of colors and stuff. I think I need to get some purple in my repertoire for Easter Sunday or something. Just to like, hey, man, <laughs> I am, I'm serious, but I'm so happy today. Yeah, yeah it, a, exactly. And I think that's, that's a good way of putting it is, is like, you know, just envisioning, you know, I, I'm a big time sports fan of, you know, our local sports teams here. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, I kind of keep that in mind. It's like when, you know, your team wins a big game or the championship, you're going bananas, you know, yeah. and you're having fun doing it, you know, yeah. and kind of, you don't even care. You're high-fiving and hugging people. You don't even know, you know what I mean? And um, I think it's just that kind of, that kind of passion and, and, um, you know, desire to approach, you know, this, this day with that kind of fun. So that's great. That's great. And the, you know, the worship ministry, they have such a, a huge role to play in that, don't they? Just that celebratory tone. Yeah. And, and, you know, on, on that too, we've actually, that's kind of been a lot of our, our meetings is with our praise and worship team of kind of communicating that, you know, our, our, the theme of, you know, um, the redeemer lives, but how can we just be very joyful you know it's like hey let's not try to have too many slow tempo and sad songs you know it's like man let's 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 rock the house for jesus man let's have mm -hmm. some fun mm -hmm. that's good tommy all right so tommy's last one have fun that's a great exhortation all right uh pilgrim let's hear your third yeah mine is actually similar to uh tommy's and um and that would be don't get lost in all the details so in other words, um, you know, it's not my quote, but someone said, don't miss the people for the crowds. So what can happen is we can find ourselves on Easter counting seats rather than um, shepherding souls. And um, if we ever find ourselves like just bogged down with all the stuff we have to do, all of the, uh, the list. And I think about like particularly church planters or pastors of, of, smaller churches so think about the amount of work that they have to do so tommy mentioned setting up and tearing down like mm. we did that for a decade right um ordering supplies for easter if you're going to give out a gift or you're going to have something special uh, distributing invites or some sort of marketing to the community if you're going to um, advertise uh, then of course like we've talked about preparing the sermon getting the order of service together coordinating with your worship teams if you do any sort of creative aspect of an outreach, you've got to basically be an event planner now. And, um, and then what do we do to follow up with the visitors that came? Um, and so even I've even, you know, my wife on the morning of, Oh, we've got to stop at the flower shop because we have 600 lilies that we have to decorate the entire zip code with. So, um, you know, or donuts, we're going to, everyone's getting donuts. We forgot to order them. And so we're running over to pick up donuts. So, I think it's easy to get lost in all the details or, or miss 
the people for the crowd that's going to be there. And so I would just say, like, don't hang out in the green room, like be among the people. Mm. Uh, this is a great time to be pastoral, to welcome visitors you have never met or mm. to catch up, to pray with people super quick um, that, like you said, you don't see them very often. Um, and yes, just enjoy the time you have with your family. Make sure you're making it a priority to be in that photo booth, you know, with your, with your kids and wife. So, you know, don't get lost in all the details is what I'd say. I love that pilgrim. Cause it's, you know, for, for everything that we do for this special day, um, I'm sure we've all been there where you, you work and you work, you do all these things. And then there's bound to be at least something that is a disappointment. And it might be something that's major. It might be, man, attendance was just not even anywhere close to what we thought. You know, we rented this big space and it was kind of cavernous and embarrassing. It it could be a lot of different things that bring disappointment into your heart. But I think what we have to do is we have to kind of step back and ask ourselves, what is the resurrection anyways? Because what we're believing with the resurrection is that Christ is the first fruits of the great and final resurrection of the dead. And so we've got, even if we have the most banging Easter that we've ever had in the history of our church, we're still surrounded by a ton of walking dead people in this community. There's still something grave and disappointing about only being a remnant that is celebrating this glorious news when there's all these other people that need it as well. So fixing our minds on just, look, it's not about all the trappings of this being a successful time. It's about people knowing that Christ rose from the dead and just like drinking that up. If it's three of us, praise God. If it's 3000 of us, praise God. But there's a reason for me to have a smile on my face that day, no matter what happens in the details. Is that kind of what you're putting down and what you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We had an Easter service one year in our church in Tampa and we were, we were like 40 people strong and we put these yard signs out that said Easter service um, with no name of the church, just Easter service, 10 AM in the, in the Hyde park village. And we had, I mean, we guys, we had like 200 people show up. We were not expecting that at all. But um, so people are coming in They're They're just filling in the place like droves. I'm ecstatic. But then someone comes up and says the projector uh, cable is missing. So we have like no way to, to we're going to be doing four or five songs. No way to do it. So I rush home. I'm totally stressed out. I find the cable. I think we shared the cable with our Xbox or something like that. So my kids had unplugged it and had it at the house. So I, I'm stressed at my kids. I'm like rushing up there i get i plug it in rate it comes on rate as like the timer was supposed to end and we were going to begin the, the whole service and i just yeah it was a for me not the best sunday not the best uh definitely not the best easter and i missed what the lord was doing because i was so stressed out so um yeah I, i'm saying this from personal experience just enjoy the day like like tommy said don't get lost in all the yeah all the minutiae I love it. And so much of the enjoyment comes from a lot of the things we talked about, just preparing in advance, giving yourself some margin. It'll kind of help that day to go a little more smoothly so you can enjoy it. That's great. All right, Ben, let's hear uh, your last one. Yeah, so mine kind of build on each other. I just realized this, but like if I'm practicing productive paranoia a month in advance and we're shutting things down two weeks in advance um, and getting good rest, then that actually enables me so the third, the third thing is preach the old message with a new heart. And so mm-hmm. I, I feel like when I'm rested and I just know that we've got everything in place that can actually give me a couple of weeks to really, I've felt for me, the most important thing about preaching on, on uh, Easter Sunday um, is exactly what you said, Nate, it's preach the simple message of the gospel. I had a, one of our sons had a friend and he went to a different church uh uh, on Easter. And he said, the pastor didn't even read the Easter story. Like, and this is a kid who never goes to church, but he went to church on Easter Sunday, but the pastor didn't even read a, an account of Jesus resurrection from the gospels. He talked about the resurrection, but he, this, this kid was just like longing to hear the story mm. and he wasn't a church goer. And so that was really a revelation to me. So I just feel like 
I just want to make sure I'm reading from the scripture, actually have my Bible in my hand and read from the scripture, the account of Jesus resurrection and use that as my launching pad. And if it, I, I want to preach it with a new heart. So like we have a unique task in we're preaching the same message at Easter every single year. And, and I've, I have to confess, there's been a couple of times where I've had a really great outline and it's been really great stories but I'm just kind of like, I'm going through the motions. My heart hasn't been renewed. And so that's, that's the worst. That is like, man, I just fall flat on my face and say, I'm sorry, Jesus. You know, this is horrible, but like, um, and even then God still uses it. That's how merciful he is. And, but, but I want to make sure that my heart is a hundred percent in it. And that, you know, that, you know, we talked about G Campbell Morgan and those kind of old preachers used to use a word called unction. Like I want to make sure that I feel like, there is a word in season for our church right now and everybody who comes right now. And I want to be passionate about this. Like, I don't want to just be like going from point one to point two, to point three and conclude the message and like, you know, have a great Easter. Um, I want to feel, I, I want to have a sense from God from that two weeks of rest. Like this is the word he wants to speak into your life about bringing you to life in Christ. And so, um, yeah, that preaching that old message with a new heart, uh, each year to me is the challenge for us because mm. it could be the same old outline, but if I've got a new heart every year, I feel like that's the goal. You know, um, yes. if, if I'm in it, people can tell if yeah. I'm not in it, people can tell. And if, if I'm not in it as a preacher, what am I doing? Right. I love that one, Ben. That's a, that's a great one to wrap things up with it. I've, <clears throat> it, it's like, are you, are, are we using the resurrection to create a message or is the message of the resurrection something we are actually ingesting and being transformed by that very week, you know? And um, the resurrection is just not something that we're to pimp out for the, the, the purpose of producing a sermon. It's something that we're supposed to be drinking in and radically transformed by. Ben, I want to ask, are there things that you do um, in the month or the week leading up to Easter that are just a little bit different in your sermon preparation that, you know, make you kind of connect with the, the truth of it on a personal level more than you might for a regular Sunday sermon? I mean, my assumption is like any text you're in, you're asking the questions, God, how do you want to use this to shape me? You know, all 52 Sundays out of the year. But on Easter Sunday in particular, do you mix it up at all? I think one of the, now I'm getting, I'm, I turned 50 years old last year, so I'm feeling like an old guy right now, but I've been in ministry long enough too where I feel like if I, if I was to say one thing, Nate, I think I really listened, like I've got the passage in mind. I know the message is from death to life. And I think if there's one thing I've, I'm learning to do more and more is listen to the people around me. God puts, surrounds you with people and have conversations with people um, those two weeks before, like just the, the week of preaching any message, any week, where it's like if I'm listening, I'm really hearing the cry of people's hearts. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like it gets back to what um, Pilgrim was saying about like you sh we're shepherding souls here. This isn't me about me creating a message. If, if I'm trying to hear from God what he's saying to our church, I've actually got to be listening to the church and have the heart of the church in mind. So mm -hmm. just listening to conversations, and usually there's two or three things that just stand out, and I just go, huh, I need to really think through that because it feels like there's a heart cry here. And if I hear the same thing over and over again in the, the month before, you know, usually it's blockhead Ben. It takes a little bit to get through this thick skull, but God will repeat the same thing several times. And, and uh, if I can find, if I can hear what the church is saying, if I can hear what people around me are saying, and I'm, I'm hearing what God's saying, you know, that's what I'm praying for is that connection to happen. That's good. That's good for me. I've, I, I wish I could say that every single sermon that I've prepared, I, I always am taking times to go on prayer walks over that passage and over that sermon, but that just wouldn't be true. But I have found that on Easter especially, it's really been important for me to prioritize with Good Friday and Easter, getting alone with God to be thankful to him personally for 
the message that I'm going to declare. And just thinking about, you know, I mean, it's not hard for any of us, right? We think about what the trajectory of our lives was without Christ and then just celebrating and thanking him for what his resurrection has done to us on a very personal level. So I love that one, Ben. Preach the old message with a new heart. All right, I'll wrap it up. I'll throw in a bonus one as well before I let you guys give us all a closing exhortation. I would just, this one's real simple. Take Monday off after Easter, (laughs) you know. I'm one of these guys, my day off is on Friday typically, and so I'll have Friday and Saturday. Friday is kind of a family day, Sabbath, if you will. Um, I'm disconnected. And then Saturday is kind of chores, and a lot of times work creeps in there. You know, there's sermons to finish up, all that kind of stuff, but more of a work day. Um, But So Monday, I normally work, and I have made the mistake at times of just saying, you know, I like my weekly flow a lot. I like the way I've structured my week. Normally I work on Monday. Why wouldn't I work on the Monday after Easter? But I'm just smoked on that day. It's a waste of time for me to come in and try to get stuff done. So I would encourage guys to you know, try to plan for taking that Monday off, take a nap, get some rest. And um, so take Monday off, which I could see Ben especially is in agreement with. All right, let's wrap it up with uh, just going around the room and uh, hearing a closing exhortation from uh, each one of you guys. Thanks so much for talking to pastors and leaders out there. So Tommy, let's go with you first. Yeah, well, my, my closing thing, I, I think it's, it's, it's really been said already, and I, we probably can't say it enough, but, you know, it's just uh, preaching the message of the cross and be evangelistic and, you know, give, give that opportunity, you know, to, uh, for people to respond as well to the message of the cross because, um, I, you know, that, that would be the day, um, can be, and, and often is the day where, where people make that public confession of Jesus and their life radically changes you know, so I think it's also just, you know, keeping in mind, you know, giving room for that response to the gospel message. Um, Amen. And that, that is so important. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I, I can sometimes get so hung up on and have in the past about the public invitation. And, you know, is, is that really real for somebody? Like, my encouragement is to just go with what you're saying. Get over it. Just preach the gospel. Invite people to make that commitment to Christ and to invite him to be the Lord of their lives. Pilgrim. Yeah, very similar. Preach the cross and preach the power of the empty tomb. Uh, Don't be ashamed of the gospel. So use words that the Bible uses. Use words sin and hell and repent and faith and uh, leave it to the Lord to to see the results. We're not here to, we're not here again to, to try to make converts. We're here to make disciples. The Lord by his spirit will do that that saving work. So trust him to do it. He uses the foolishness of preaching and the power of the simple gospel. So trust him to do it. Amen. That's a great word, Pilgrim. Use the words that the Bible uses. Don't be ashamed. Yeah, I love it. Ben, how about you? Um, The way I'd say this is preach the gospel because I might be in the room. And what I mean by that is 25 years ago, I walked into a church and didn't, know the Lord and was invited to church and was a, a, a radical unbeliever. And the preacher got up and he preached the gospel and he, and he called for a commitment. It was a very clear call. Here's what you need to do. And I needed that really clear, clear call because I had no idea what to do. I, I knew I was, I heard about Jesus love. I, I, he, I was told about my sin and I was in total agreement that I was a sinner the, the, the last five years of my life was testament to that. You didn't have to tell me I was a sinner. I just agreed with that. Um, but tell me what to do. What, what's my next step? Because I have no context for that. And so preaching Jesus, making sure death, resurrection, and, and like Pilgrim said, call me to repentance. Call me to put my faith in Jesus. Call me to start following Jesus and making that clear. And so I think one of the things that we do at Cyprus is we've always got a baptism service lined up a few weeks after Easter. 
and we're making a, a massive point. Like if you're responding in faith to Christ, you'll want to get baptized in a couple of weeks. Mm. And so, so calling for commitment right there, praying to receive Christ and then letting baptism be the expression of that, that personal commitment. Um, yeah, I just think, just go for it. Like Pilgrim said, just be bold. Don't be unashamed, be unashamed, use Bible words. Um, because the spirit of God takes all that and, and applies it in somebody like me, who's working in, walking into church for the first time and all the lights go on. Hmm. Amen. I, I love how all three of you guys closed out with something related to the preaching and the communication of the, the gospel itself from the pulpit. And I, I think people are going to be really encouraged and, we're praying for all of you guys that are listening to this, that this would light a little fuse under you and that you'd feel uh, supported and encouraged as you enter into this season. And I think if I had a closing exhortation, I would just say, uh, think and feel yourself to be completely and totally connected to a long line of saints who have come before you. You know, the apostles and the early church they saw the risen Lord and they told everybody about it. And those people went and told everybody about it. And those people went and told everybody about it. And you are the latest person to have received that beautiful baton of the gospel and the resurrection. And so declare it and know that you're connected to something beautiful, historical, wonderful, and true. So, have a great Resurrection Sunday, everybody. Have a great Easter. And to the guys that are here in this room with me on this call, thanks so much for thinking about these points, thinking about what you would share with everybody and being good pastors that are leading your churches. And I hope that uh, this conversation is putting a charge into you for the Easter season that's coming. I know I'm, I'm feeling encouraged. So thanks, you guys. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, sure is. Thanks. Thanks, brothers. Thank you. Absolutely.